Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe, coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of the WRSU Crew, Dennis Geisler, Myself, Gideon Fox, as as alongside Jack Bishaw, pressing the buttons in FM, bringing you plenty of coverage tonight here from the WRSU studio. But before we get into things, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing all right. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good too, but you know who else is doing pretty good right now? The Rutgers women's soccer team. We were talking a little bit about this before we got on air, but coming off a 4-1 to victory against number 16 Michigan today from Yersack Field. That game was supposed to be, I think it was two weeks ago, um, and then it got rained out. So finally we had this match. Definitely highlight- Oh, that game. I do remember when that got rained out. Were you at that game? Or were you supposed to be at that game? Uh, no. Uh, I don't remember. I-, I think it was Chris and Sean who were supposed to call it. And I don't remember why I was thinking about it. Oh, it's because I was on the next game, and so I was waiting on that game to do my boards and, like, have updated stats. But, yeah, that's a really big win, especially 4-1. That's a a, a sure statement in this Big Ten. It's a stacked conference, but still. Yeah, I just recently did the recap for that game. 4-1, huge win. Um, There was a tie game, 1-1 in the uh in the first half and then Rutgers kind of just opened the game open they scored three goals in the last like 45 minutes of the game the second half um the goals were scored by Riley Tiernan in the second half Amira Ali and Frankie Tag- Taglia Ferry whose name I've heard all over the place in terms of Rutgers women's soccer mm-hmm. she's been incredible Gabby Provenzano she scored in the first half that was you know it's a huge win. It's a huge ranked win. It's their second win, second ranked win of the season for them. And also, one thing that struck me about the women's soccer team, like they are extremely good at putting the ball in the net. Like they have forty goals on the season, Gideon and Dennis. I think the next team after that has twenty five in the Big Ten. Like it's it like they are second to none in scoring goals in the Big Ten. And they have a small, they have a pretty big sample size now. I mean, they're twelve games into the season. They're five and zero in the Big Ten. They have two ranked wins. I mean, Rutgers women's soccer team's legit. I think I'm. I think I'd be very confident in saying that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have those forty goals so far. That's three point three three goals per game. But also, I mean, scoring forty goals in, in in you know halfway through a Big Ten soccer season is impressive in and of itself. But what also really sticks out to me is they've only let in ten goals. That's ten goals in twelve games. I mean, that's that's point eight three. You know, goals per game, and I'm not doing this math. This was all on the Rutgers website. I can't do that kind of math that quickly. But I mean, come on! If you're outscoring your opponents forty to ten, that's something else. They're undefeated in conference play. This is a team that I mean, it's still somewhat early in the season, but they did take a, a tough loss a little bit earlier in the season uh, to Princeton. They lost four three. Then right, right after that, they lost to Georgetown. Um, those were their only two losses, and those kind of those came on the same weekend. The, the first loss was on a Thursday against Princeton, and the second one was against Georgetown. And they've beaten better teams since. I mean, Georgetown was only mm-hmm. ranked at 24. They've beaten number eight Penn State. They've beat Michigan, who we just said was ranked at 16. So, I mean, 
those two losses, I mean, you could even maybe count that as a fluke. Like, that whole weekend may just been an off weekend for the team. I mean, they've certainly been getting better since then, uh, even especially this game. Like, they, they've scratched out a couple victories. This is a statement, a three-goal victory against Michigan, who is currently the highest-ranked team in the Big Ten other than Rutgers. At this point, it feels appropriate to start at the very least looking at winning the Big Ten as a goal and potentially even past that, what are the goals in the NCAA championship for this team, which is kind of crazy. I mean, maybe in principle it's crazy, but I think on paper that makes total sense, Dennis. Mm -hmm. You look at the rest of their schedule, it's not, you know, it's Big Ten games from here on out. They have five regular season games left and, you know, none are against Michigan, so there's really not going to be too tough of competition. They've already beaten Penn State. They've beaten Michigan. Now they just have Iowa, Maryland, Michigan State, Indiana, and Illinois in that order. Um, and those, that's five games in about 18 days. This team, that's something this team could handle. I mean, that's something that this team is used to playing that type of schedule, those type of opponents, but none of, they, they're done with their ranked games until at least the postseason. So I'm with you, Dennis. I think Right now, it's, it's time to look at the postseason. It's time to look at what this team could do. And and I agree about that, and I think that the big thing for this team moving forward is going to be consistency and keeping up that pressure in the big games in the postseason because this has been a good team a couple of times. Uh, this Rutgers women's soccer team is made up of a great class of players from the past couple of years. 2019 could have been a Big Ten tournament win. It was at Yersak. Uh the 2021 uh, spring season was also really strong for Rutgers and uh, ended up with a uh, NCAA championships uh, berth and actually a win there. But uh, trying to get further in these tournaments, trying to finally win the Big Ten, finally break through those first couple of matchups in the NCAA championships is going to be the big thing for this team and has been the thing that has been most difficult to get past for this class yeah just a quick note on what i said before about you know how good they are uh the Rutgers women's soccer team is a scoring goals um our leading goal scorer is frankie Tag tagalia ferry as i just mentioned before her name she has 10 goals on the season she doubles up the second uh whoever uh, the person who's second which is samantha kroger Samantha Kroger and Frankie Tagliaferri combined have 15 goals, and that's the same amount that the whole team of Maryland has on the season. And granted, Maryland's the worst team in the Big Ten in terms of goal scoring, but still, two players equaling an entire team in the Big Ten is unbelievably impressive. And yeah, just to confirm what I said before as well with Rutgers being a great goal scoring team, Rutgers has 40, and then Rex next is Purdue with 25. Like, that's, 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 that's insane, in my opinion. I don't know what you guys think and about that. I, I think some of that you do have to take with a grain of salt because a lot of those goals are out of conference, and those are just weaker teams that Rutgers was really running up the score against, which, at the end of the day, it's not the measure of a good team whether or not you can run up the score against Fairleigh Dickinson or uh, Colgate. Uh, it's really the measure of how well can you match up against your conference opponents, and Rutgers has <laughs> been perfect in conference. So right, right. I I, I think that, that that's a good point, Dennis. But like, um, go ahead. That, that's a good point. But they are also running. They all mm -hmm. yeah. They also are 
you know, winning these Big Ten games. It's not like you said. Of course, yeah. it's not going to be like the market difference of five nothing versus LaSalle or six nothing versus Mammoth. But at the end of the day, they're still getting these wins. And, you mm-hmm. know, it might not be five nothing, but you know, they're still getting the wins, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, I totally agree, and uh, I, I guess that 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 was my point as well. Where I just I think this team is a lot more complete than uh, having just a very good offense or defense or just being really great at goal scoring. Uh, I will say, I mean, some of these wins in the Big Ten have been close, but that's conference wins for you. They're going to be close uh, a lot of the time. A win against Michigan like this is a huge confidence boost and not only a confidence boost, but also just proving how good you are. Uh so I, I, I'm just looking forward to more of that in the near future because at this point, I think the team has proven that they are a very good team. All that's left is to prove how good they can be, um, specifically in tournament play rather than just the regular season. Yeah, Dennis, I mean, before you were talking about how a measure of a good team is not running up the score against a LaSalle, a Colgate, a Providence, which... You know, mm-hmm. the team did all of that, um, and then some. I mean, they had a crazy start to their non-conference schedule. I, I totally agree with you. Um, I do think in the long run that kind of helped the team maybe get their legs going, maybe help them shake off any rust from the summer. But mm-hmm. what really sticks out to me is they, they took down Penn State 2-1, to one, and I think a 2-1 to one victory against the number eight team in the entire country that plays in your conference I think that's almost as big as a 5 nothing victory against a school like LaSalle where you're just trying to play that game. And I think a 4-1 to victory against the number 16 team in the country who also plays in your conference is even bigger than that. I mean, three goals in 45 minutes, even though it was a home game, I mean, that's that's a lot. Three that you know, that that is a ton of offense. That is nonstop pressure. So, I'm excited. I mean, I think this team has I don't know what much more they could show us. I mean, if they, if they win out their Big Ten schedule, uh, like we mentioned before, they have five games left. Two of those are home games. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, there, there's plenty to look forward to for the postseason. I'm absolutely with you guys on that. I will say on the Penn State thing, they've been pretty bad lately. <laughs> uh, the only win has been against uh, Wisconsin, losses against... I, I actually noticed that, Dennis. Rutgers, Northwestern, Ohio State, Minnesota... It's been a rough time for Penn State. Even still, I mean, it's a win in conference. Penn State's not an awful team. There's still a pretty solid chance they will make it into the... Uh, eh, I, I don't know how likely it is. I haven't actually done the math on the 64-team uh, uh, college championship at the end of the year. Um, I'll probably have to do that soon because I'm honestly just curious. I don't know how the conferences stack up and the at-larges usually look. I mean, that's above our pay grade. As cool as that is, I I, yeah. I have a final tomorrow. I'm in a midterm tomorrow. <laughs> I, I can't do that. Um, but I think also another thing when it comes to rankings and when it comes to other conferences and other schools that Rutgers isn't playing this year, looking at the top 25 for Division One women's soccer right now, we have ACC. schools that we're not playing. We have <laughs> Wisconsin up there. We have Purdue that's up there. Those are Big Ten West teams that Rutgers isn't going to play this year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's going to be something that we're not really going to see until the Big Ten tournament. You know, Maybe mm-hmm. Rutgers does get matched up against a Wisconsin, against a Purdue, or maybe they get matched up against a school that they've already played um, and they've taken down. But who knows? I mean, 
would have been nice to see a Rutgers Wisconsin match, another ranked Big Ten match, either home or away. That would have been definitely a fun one to see. Yeah, talking about um, their remaining schedule left, I'm looking at it right now. They have, the, I mean, the only teams that you know you could say like you know present a big a bigger challenge to Rutgers are Indiana and Michigan State. Michigan State, namely, Michigan State's three one and one in conference right now. Um, they're probably the highest ranked team in the Big Ten that Rutgers has left, followed by Indiana, who's two one and two right now. But the last, the other ones, Maryland. I mean, I already gave the note on Maryland that. Frankie Tagliaferri and um, the other girl that I can't name right now have the same amount of goals as their entire team. And um, in uh, Illinois is also the other team, and they're one and four right now. So it it's I wouldn't I never pick anyone to go undefeated in a league, and I've said that a million times on this show about why I think that. Um, but it's it's definitely it's definitely possible to you know win out the rest of Big Ten play and do that. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. Possible, absolutely. I think that'll be definitely interesting to see. Um, I think another big Rutgers story that I think we've all been thinking about the whole day has been that Jersey Mike's is rumored to be. Oh man, <laughs> Jersey Mike's subs everyone's favorite, hopefully favorite, or just that sandwich place we all know. Um, not endorsed by anyone here, but that sandwich place. Um, it's rumored they're going to be buying the naming rights to the Rutgers Athletic Center. And I, the last figure I saw, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, was $33 million, I think was what it the was deal was It was in the ballpark for. of $30 million. So, I, I mean, that's big. That's for an athletics program that is now under fire for running a deficit in their budget. I think that's – I understand where the move comes from when it comes to the money side of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm always iffy on stuff like that. Um, I just Jersey Mike's Arena is a pretty ridiculous name, <laughs> um, just on its face, and I don't know. I've I've never been a fan of uh, colleges having uh, like stadium naming rights. I always like it when it's either like named after a person important to the college or just something broad. Uh, I'm usually pretty happy with either of those. Um, I mean, that's what Rutgers has now. It's technically it's the Lewis yeah, it's, Brown Athletic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but the Lewis Brown Athletic Center that's named after Lewis Brown. Yeah, and I'm yeah. I'm fine with that. I don't remember he was a golfer. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I got the, I got the statistics up. Um, Gideon on that. So it says that it could be worth up to thirty million dollars. And here's my take on this. Um, I don't like it. I don't think there's a single person in New Jersey that likes this idea. Like, I really don't. I really, I don't think you could find a single one. Maybe the CEO of Jersey Mike's. Maybe he likes <laughs> it. But outside of that, like, I can't. I can't see a reason to like this. But as you said, Gideon, the Rutgers athletic department is in a pretty big hole financially, and sacrifices have to be made when you're in a several hundred million dollar deficit like that. Um, and these, this is one of the sacrifices. Um, at the same time, opinion. it feels like kind of a low, like, uh, okay. One, one question I actually do have, does this expire at some point? Uh, I mean, probably the, it probably, the football stadium naming rights expire. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's, it's not high point solution anymore. And I, I guess I wonder how many years that Jersey Mike's will have the naming rights to this. Cause honestly, it does not feel for, for a program in as much debt as, 
the Rutgers athletic program is. $265 million in outstanding. Yeah, and this is like $30 million split up over how many years that Jersey Mike's has the naming rights. Like, that's I'm not seeing a year year of total, but the article does say that Shy Stadium, the football stadium, of course, that's under a seven-year contract. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would assume it'll be similar because I thought that mm-hmm. uh, before SHI, I thought High Point was also like around seven years of a contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they'll do it differently for the rack, but um, That's it'd probably crazy, be around right? that number. And I just it it honestly just doesn't feel like impressive enough of business sense to get over the fact that the like it for for the amount of debt that it pays off. Yeah, um, I want that last point, Dennis. Like, I mean, how at the end of the day, the rack, as much as we love the rack and it is the best place to watch a college basketball game, as long as you're not on the other team, mm-hmm. um, it only holds 8,000 seats versus like some other schools. You look at Wisconsin, Maryland, they have NBA sized arenas where you could play basketball and you could absolutely, I don't know what they, what, you know, the Xfinity Center in Maryland, I don't know how much those naming rights are, but it's got to be more than 30,000. Mm-hmm. That's got to be much more. So I don't really know how. You know, I'm not I'm not a business major. I don't know. I don't work in the athletic department, but I don't know how you would go about resolving that debt. Maybe this is a drop in the bucket. Maybe it's a somewhat maybe making a dent in it somehow, I guess. Or maybe this is even, you know, if if Jersey Mike's at this and, you know, in 2021 buys it for 30 million dollars, you know, maybe in 2029 or 2030, some other company is going to come in and, you know, maybe after the rack gets renovated a little bit and holds a little bit more than 8,000 and maybe has you know, level of suites in it. Maybe then they'll buy it. And they'll, they'll they'll buy naming rights for seventy thousand or something like that. You know, I'm kind of just pulling those numbers out of nowhere. But I mean, who knows? I you know, I also the other thing that you guys mentioned is it's the rack. It's it's everyone's favorite thing. It's for us. It's a you know, it's a cozy place to go. It's our you know, we know the bleachers are uncomfortable and the AC mm-hmm. doesn't really work. And there's only two bathrooms in the whole place. But like, it's our stadium. It's what makes Rucker special. It's got that gritty. New Jersey attitude to it. What I'm wondering is if this deal goes through, however much it's worth, and you know whatever, if it if the deal does go through, if people will actually call it the Jersey Mike's Arena, or if people will just call it the Rack. Yeah, like I think people will start calling it Jersey Mike's Arena in the same way that like I mean we were talking in our group chat today, and I, I was doing like some research on it because I'm not. I, I have only been in New Jersey since I have been at Rutgers, so I don't know a whole lot of Rutgers uh, athletic history other than what I have come across in my time with this department. But I was looking up when the naming rights shifted for SHI Stadium, and like it being called High Point Solution Stadium or whatever is only like 11 years old, and even still in our group chat, the thought was oh bring it back to start calling it if if we're going to call jersey mike's arena the rack the thought was call shi stadium high point solutions instead of rutgers stadium which is what it was up until 2010 i think was when high point solutions i think i think the... high point solution stadium is a better name one of my friends the funny one of the funniest things i've heard in a while he's like you know Road teams probably love uh, Shy Stadium because they can just say, "Oh, I'm going to Bleep Stadium." I can't say that word on the air. Uh, I get it. Yeah, so I thought that I thought that was hilarious. Like, you know, we just got it. We just made our stadium mockable like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, 
even I, I guess where, where I was kind of going with that is just that I think in not very long Jersey Mike's Arena will be just the accepted name if that becomes the name and people aren't really going to think very hard about it even when it well, happens we don't <laughs> even know the name to the arena yet and we that's just, true we just, we just know true. we just yeah. know that jersey mike's has got the has got the naming rights now so the, they could ha, they ha, could very well incorporate ha, have they into, actually gotten it or are they in the process of getting it um well it's just reports right okay. now yeah i don't see anything it's about it confirmed right i know jerry carino had an article about it earlier i think he's, that's when things started to get big mm-hmm. he's usually He's usually pretty good with that stuff. Jerry Carino's very good. So yeah, if it comes to New Jersey work. basketball. Mm-hmm. He's like, they call him the dean of the New Jersey basketball I, beat. So I, I, would, I, trust I trust the Jerry information. Carino. I was just wondering if the information was that the deal has been reached or the deal is right, being right. negotiated. Yeah, um, still being negotiated. So, yeah, like I, but like I said, though, like it did, we know that. We know that Jersey Mike's has the naming rights, but we don't know how they're going to name it. Like, they could very well say, like, you know, okay. Well, if it's still being negotiated, we don't know if they even have the naming rights. Or yeah. we, if it's still being negotiated, we know that they do not have the naming rights and that it's still being worked on. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I, I'm just not completely sure. But either way, yeah, we don't really know how they're going to name it, but uh, what... I, I cannot imagine that it would be anything other than Jersey Mike's Arena. Like, maybe Jersey Mike's Center, but it has to have Jersey Mike's in the name. Or, like, the Jersey Mike's Rack, something like that. <laughs> Replace Lewis Brown with Jersey Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I did look up the thing you were talking about earlier about the uh, Xfinity Center. Uh, it is a much cheaper deal than... Uh, well, by year, it's a much cheaper deal than the rack, but uh, it expires next year, so the renewal might be a lot bigger. Uh, it was, like, built. The The naming rights were given when it was built in, like, 2002, so... It also it holds 18, just about 18,000 people. Mm-hmm. So I, I imagine a deal... I mean, if, if Dennis, you said it's going to be... If there's a new... Um, if the naming rights are going to be up for auction soon, I mean, eighteen thousand seats. That's, I mean, that's the Prudential Center holds eighteen thousand seats. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe the rack will have some kind of renovations at some point. I think getting eighteen, getting an extra ten thousand seats in the rack might be a little bit difficult, but you know, who knows? And you know, thinking about it, Jersey Mike's. Once I said it, my my head's just got to get in rolling. Jersey Mike's Athletic Center's J Mac rolls <laughs> right off the tongue. Not as good as rack. <laughs> <laughs> but you could hear, you know, tonight the Scarlet Knights and Michigan State Spartans here at J-Mac. You know what? I actually like good, that a lot. I think that's really funny. <laughs> that would be that would be interesting. Here's a question for you guys. What are the – so there's four other Big Ten teams that have their arenas named after a company. I know um, – I think, Dennis, you were talking about that before, how you don't like, you know, college arenas being mm-hmm. named, after, uh, named after companies. So – any idea who those four other Big Ten schools are? Well, obviously, Maryland is one. Mm-hmm. Um, There's State Farm is somebody. I want to say Wisconsin. I think you're right. No, it's not Wisconsin. It's not Wisconsin. But is State Farm Big Ten? Is it? Yeah, a- yeah, you got the right idea. It's just not Wisconsin. <sighs> well, we know Mackey is Purdue. Yeah. That's not one of them. It's not the assembly it, hall. It's not assembly hall. Penn State is 
Jordan Bryce, right? It's something like that. Yeah, I think it's something like that. Yeah, it's narrowing a name. it down. It's not Penn State either, though. Um. Yeah, we're just kind of narrowing it down at this point. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I'm. I I I'm I'm struggling with a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, me too. You want me to uh, you want me to give it you guys? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Let's hear it. All right. So Illinois is the State Farm Center. It's Illinois. Oh, it's Illinois. I don't know. I would Maryland, never guess that. Maryland is the Comcast Center or Xfinity Center, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Nebraska's uh, arena is the Pinnacle Bank Arena. Ah. Uh, and Ohio State is Value City Arena. Ah, uh, the value. That is the cheapest sounding name. <laughs> yeah. I am shocked that Ohio State went through it that one. The Dollar General ice rink. Yeah. <laughs> why Why would you give your stadium a name that basically just means, yeah, we're cheap. but <laughs> Yeah, but look, it's Ohio State, so it I feel works. like. <laughs> Honest, ironically, Dennis, that's probably the most expensive naming that's, right, though. That's the, that's the weird part. It's like, how did Value City pony up this kind of money when Comcast was, uh, I don't know, got the one at Maryland in 2002, <laughs> like, on purchase? That's that's bizarre to me. <laughs> yeah, that is... <laughs> Value <I> never, City. <laughs> I can't wait for Rutgers to play Ohio, to play Ohio State this year. <laughs> Uh, that's going to be a fun one. But I think that's going to take us to our first break. And welcome back to sometimes our favorite, sometimes our least favorite segment here on The Crew. Welcome to Locks of the Week. It's Dennis Geisler, myself Gideon Fox, along with Jack Pesea pushing the buttons for us tonight and guys tonight locks of the week kind of an awkward time of the week right now we do have a wild card baseball game tonight but do have a couple preseason games for NBA and NHL but still no football so have you guys been looking around trying to poke around some look at some odds I I got absolutely no clue (laughs) I here I've got one for I always I always pull off my Number one football pick uh, for the for the following football week in the NFL. Getting why don't you start us off with that? All right, so tonight's going to be a little bit more of a conservative night for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I put I'm a big Yankees fan, so we could all we all know how last night went. Mm-hmm. Definitely a brutal game. I ended up live betting the over at seven and a half in like the seventh inning, so I made a little bit of my money back, but definitely not happy with the way last night went. So tonight, my bet, a little risky, but the St. Louis Cardinals were my first favorite baseball team. First baseball game I ever went to was at Bush Stadium um, out in St. Louis. So tonight, I took the Cardinals to beat the Dodgers at plus 185 um, in tonight's NL wildcard game. I was actually going to uh, potentially mention that as uh, one of them just because an individual baseball game is rarely going to have a very distinct outcome. So even though I think the Dodgers are much better than the Cardinals, I think the Cardinals have a better chance at winning than a lot of metrics would necessarily give them. I'm surprised. Plus 185 is lower than I expected, but uh, even still, it's. I think that's an easy take. It's at plus 190 right now, and I'm with you, Dennis. I think looking past metrics, if you want to look past that, the Cardinals are riding a 17-game winning streak to close out their season. They've been pretty good also towards the end of the season. Uh, it's not 
a game breaker. They they're they're not on that they're not on a winning streak anymore. Um they they lost a couple of games near the end, but that was basically after they had clinched the wild card already. Oh, you're right, you're right. It wasn't yeah. Uh, you're absolutely right. But which, it, was, it was just a couple of games. It was very late in the season that they lost. They 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 had already clinched the wild card at that point. I, I don't know if they had literally clinched it, but they had pretty much clinched it after that as you said, seventeen game winning streak. Uh, and they gave Wainwright a million days of rest or however long he got uh, for this game. He was named for the wild card pretty significantly in advance. Uh, the Dodgers couldn't have that same kind of rest because they were still trying to work for the NL West. Uh, so it's possible that the Cardinals have a little bit more in the tank than... It, really really they should be against uh the Dodgers but uh so so yeah I I do like your pick uh in terms of like the value yeah I mean we'll see I'm just looking forward to I think it's gonna be a good game I think at the beginning of the season I don't know what other people thought I didn't think the Dodgers would be in a wild card spot I thought they'd be in the playoffs fair and square um I also at many many points this season did not think the Cardinals would be near a playoff spot, whether it be wild card or winning a division. Did not think of that at all, but definitely exciting to see. I think the other thing, too, I was looking around um, before I put a bet on this game. Max Scherzer, the starting pitcher for the Dodgers, is from Missouri, mm. which I think is very interesting. Um, she's from a suburb of the city, so not the Kansas City side. He's in the very much the St. Louis side. And Adam Wainwright is 40 years old, while Max Scherzer is 37 years old. So these guys... Have pitched in so many different. I was kinds gonna of... say, I feel like Adam Wainwright has been pitching for the Cardinals since the day I was born. Yeah, I mean, and I remember... honestly, that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> it honestly, I mean, it could be. You look at like I remember like Martin Brodeur, want to go to hockey and go off or you know do that mm-hmm. for a sec. He's been playing for you know forever, and there you know there's always you always see those guys that like were it's like they always show those crazy stats on TV. It would be like some rookie was like. You know, two months old when this guy got his NHL deb- yeah, debut, yeah. Were, like on the same line. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Adam Wainwright has definitely pitched in a ton of situations before. I think this could be a low-scoring game too, if you want to bet the under. Um, I think this could be a pitching duel, but again, you know, who knows? Don't take my advice though, because I lost a lot. I got, I got you know, a question for bad you. Last night, so. I got a question for you, baseball fans. You know, I was going through my head last night when I was watching the Yankees and Red Sox. What do you what do you guys think about 162 game season over six months being decided by one game in October for your entire season? Like the Yankees have 162 games worth of work built into the season. Now they're going home because they lost one game, and you know Garrett Cole had a bad night last night, unfortunately. Win your division if you don't want to play on the wild card. Fair point, but <laughs> then you have the San Francisco Giants and the LA Dodgers situation where which I mean, true enough, that's one hundred six. But but that's why the wild card was introduced. Uh, like I mean, you go back to the old days, and I'm not, I I am not one to uphold the uh things were better back in the day. So anything that was happened th- that was the case in the older times is better. Um. But, I mean, I, I think it holds kind of true for baseball because the season is supposed to be long and you are supposed to do better in the regular season if you want more rewards in the postseason. I don't know that I necessarily agree with, like, the, the two wild card system just feeding into one game, but at the same time, 
just win the division in the regular season. And sometimes it won't be fair. Sometimes you are going to have a much more difficult time winning your division than the Braves or uh, the Astros or whoever else. But at the same time, you're never going to... Uh, I, I don't know. If if you're already worse than this other team, then you don't really deserve to get into the playoffs. That's not really the full scope of where I was going with that, but if you are not the best team in your division, then the level to which you deserve to be in the playoffs should be reduced, I guess, if that makes any sense. No, yeah, yeah I agree I, with that absolutely. I see, I see what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just don't, I just see like you know a, a gigantic body of work. It is ridiculous on paper. Um, I, I mean, I could stomach at least a best of three series. Like, you know, yeah. okay, you have a bad night like the Yankees did last night. You know, you have a chance to regroup the next day, and if you don't regroup the next day, then you're done. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's just the way it goes. I just, I, I just don't like you know the one and done nature of it. Yeah, and I and part of it is just keeping the wild card as short as possible, but also making sure it's an extra huge TV uh, event. Because I mean that I I cannot imagine the amount of people watching the Boston New York game last night. That must have been crazy. That must have that must probably be the most ratings they got all year on a game. Yeah, and I can guarantee you, until the World Series, that will probably be the most televised game like of the season you're probably right and yeah, it's I, Yankees Red Sox and, a, and mm-hmm. it was already a packed stadium so you're gonna have those are two huge sports cities you have New York versus mm-hmm. Boston one of the most storied rivalries in all of sports mm-hmm. so you already have a packed stadium of people like there's a decent Yankees crowd that was there last night um so you have an already packed stadium I mean I think to think about the amount of viewers that a base that on any given night watch baseball during the regular season I think is mind blowing. You you could have fourteen, fifteen baseball games all happening pretty much at the same time. Um but I think last night, Jack, yeah, I think you're absolutely right that you know there there was so many it was so well I mean the it kinda of, the storyline built itself. It's Yankees, Red mm-hmm. Sox, winner go home, um in one of the most storied ballparks in the country. So well. Well, let's let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about it for a couple of minutes. Let's talk about this Yankees Red Sox games because I'm sure that some of our listeners are Yankees fans and some of them are Yan- are Red Sox fans. I know Giddy and you're a Yankees fan, right? I am a Yankees fan. Yeah. So let, let's talk about it for a couple of minutes. What what did you think of the game? What I thought of the game was the Yankees got outplayed, um, and it's not like I lost sleep over the game. I mean, the Yankees were up and down the entire season. Um, it was win ten games here, lose the next seven win the next three, lose the next 20. Like, it was it was just up and down the whole season. So the fact that we had the opportunity to play in a wild card game, I'm going to take that. I mean, we almost it, it was we almost missed the opportunity um, last Sunday when we almost lost to the Rays. I mean, it was a, one, it was a 0-0 game going to the bottom of the ninth. Um, Realistically, neither team is probably in a position to beat the Rays. So I mean, of course, I mean, you know, you do want to say the Yankees just did beat the Rays. They're split. I think the Rays won two out of three in that series. But yeah, I mean, I don't. I think the Rays are going to take down the Red Sox. Yeah, five, maybe six games. Um, but well, the MLB playoffs and the ALDS 
in the NLDS, it's a best of five. Oh, oh it yeah, is a best right. out of five. Yeah, <laughs> should I, be. I best said that, seven. and I was like, I, I feel like baseball is the one mm-hmm. has a series that's not seven. I don't know. I think last night the Yankees just got outplayed. I also think I noticed this on Sunday when I was at the game. Aaron Boone, the Yankees manager, was blowing through the bullpen, and Sunday the Yankees made the decision to not play on paper their best pitcher. That's Garrett Cole. They decided to not play him on Sunday in the hopes that they would win on Sunday, which would automatically clinch in the wild card, and then they'll have their best pitcher ready to go for whoever they play in the wild card game. That's mm-hmm. what happened. I like that gamble. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give Boone. I'm not going to discredit Boone for that. But he, he pulled Cole after two innings, and I know his pit, he was already at 50 pitches. But come on, let him go for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're not paying this guy 36 million just to pull him after two innings in the biggest game of the season. Yeah, I I, I do think that they. I don't know. It, it was, it was just not a good game, and I mean, I I totally understand what uh, Jack was saying earlier. Where over the course of a 162 game season, you're gonna have a lot of games like that where it's just, it's not your night. Garrett Cole is a fantastic pitcher, but he just wasn't ha- on today, or uh, your team just isn't able to get the ball over the Green Monster. <laughs> Uh, which which happened? Well, that was, <laughs> that was the biggest point of the game, am I right? When Stanton launched that, and you know, in probably you know twenty some odd other ballparks, that's a home run. But in Fenway, it isn't, and it uh, goes yeah, off I the mean, wall. And then check the Red Twitter Sox, account. <laughs> Red Sox pin him down, pin Ju- Aaron Judge down at home play. That's a huge point of the game. Oh my God, Aaron Judge should never have been rounding third. Aaron Judge, I love him, and he he's the reason that the Yankees are in the wild that we're in the wild card. I mean, he had the walk off single, the bottom of the ninth, against the Rays at Yankee Stadium on Sunday. Aaron Judge has been such a fixture in our lineup and in our outfield. He's got an amazing glove, an amazing arm. He could gun down runners from anywhere in the outfield, but he should not have been rounding third on that. The third base coach made a huge mistake letting Aaron Judge come around third. Aaron Judge was thrown out. It wasn't close. He was thrown out. Apparently, he had already started to pull up when he was like rounding third, so he was already losing momentum at that point, but he was still told to round through. I mean, that makes, of course you'd be losing momentum. Like, I, I feel like someone like Aaron Judge, who's such an, ex, you know, he just, his MLB career is relatively short, but I mean, to get to here, he's been played at highly competitive baseball for so long. From him to run from first to third, I mean, that's 180 feet already. Mm-hmm. He had to have known that, that was, he had no shot at that. Yeah. Like, he had to have known. That was, I was, I was so surprised. I was watching that happen, and I was like, there's no way. There's mm-hmm. absolutely no way that Aaron Judge is going to go home right now. Yeah, and I, I I only saw it in the replays and what people talked about it later, but I really don't see why you would <laughs> try to send him home in that scenario. And I don't... It, it's not the only thing that went wrong for the Yankees. A lot of things went wrong for the Yankees, but that was one of the big moments where you have a lot of control over it, especially as a coaching staff, and you just made a mistake. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think especially when you're losing too, like when Aaron Judge is on base, that's the power of our lineup. I forgot the exact order, but it's like Stanton, Judge, and Rizzo. I think Rizzo bats second, and then it's like Stanton and Judge. So that's the power of our lineup. I mean, if if you want someone to send a ball as far as they can, those are the three guys that are going to do it. So I just I just couldn't understand that call. I I really can't. Mm-hmm. And look, you know what? It obviously hurt a little bit last night, but now the day after, I understand. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't the Yankee season to go that far. That's fine. I don't think, like we said before, I don't think the Red Sox are really going to go that far against the Rays. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We'll get over it. The Yankees have, they'll be back. 
Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they're the Yankees. Like, <laughs> they <laughs> made it to the wild card. They got a wild card berth. Uh, I can't imagine that this Rays team will stay good forever. Uh, so in not very long, the Yankees are probably going to be in prime position to start running the AL East once again. So And the chase for 28 begins. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to take a quick break here. <laughs> the last 12 minutes of the first hour here on the Wednesday show, the WRSU crew, myself, Gideon Fox, along with Dennis Geisler, now joined by Christian Vasquez, as well as Jack Basea. Guys, we started off the, this hour talking about Rutgers sports. Let's finish it off with talking about Rutgers' biggest sport right now, Rutgers football. Rutgers football with a game against Michigan State this Saturday at noon. Going to be exciting, guys. What do you have to think about that? It's an exciting game, but... As a whole, it is just, I, it's just getting tiring having to play against like top teams every single week. <laughs> like we know this Rutgers team is good and can be good, but having to overcome a big first half deficit against a good Michigan team, having to face off against an Ohio State team with clearly something to prove, <laughs> and now this Michigan State game, it's just. I think this is our best chance out of those three games to take a win, but. Michigan State still ranked number 11 for a reason. Yeah, tough squad over there. It's going to be a rough game. Obviously, last game, I couldn't make it to last game. I had a concert. but How was that, by the way? It was very fun. That's cool. J. Cole is a good performer, so always love to hear that. But that that game, I just was watching it on TV before I left, and it just that definitely was a loss. I know I feel like a lot of people on the team, it was definitely a slow locker room. You know, Shiano... Not the not the happiest, but they're definitely gonna look to you know play it out tough this week and you know not get swamped like last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean swamp's a great way to put it. That was fifty-two to thirteen. I mean that was just that looked like Rutgers from before the Shiano era. Yeah, that that was not the same Rutgers team. But you know, um, I don't this game like like we said they're ranked 11 for a reason. Ohio State was ranked 11 coming into last Saturday's game. You have to hope something's going to go our way now. I mean, we looked so good against Michigan. That was probably from like a defensive quality standpoint, that was probably our best game all year. That was our toughest opponent to that point, right? We'd only played non-conference games before that. Rutgers held Michigan State to what was it? It was two first downs in the second half and they came yeah. in garbage time. So that was not the same defense that was out there against Ohio State. And, I mean, I just don't I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen on Saturday against, against Michigan State. The schedule does open up a little bit up, does open up a little bit after that. Goes Northwestern, Illinois, Wisconsin. But right now we have Saturday. We have Michigan State. It is the homecoming game. Maybe that, maybe that could help out a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Well, Gideon, we were talking about it on Monday about how, like, you know, that game was basically over before it started. You know, um, Rutgers put Rutgers didn't get the fake punt like we said on Monday. Didn't mind the call, but Ohio State really took advantage of that. And you know, within a snap of a finger, it was fourteen nothing, twenty one nothing, twenty four nothing. And you know, it was on it was on the TV when we were in here on Mondays, as you said, some sort of cruel joke, Gideon. So, you know, sometimes when bad days are, when sometimes when you have bad days, you know, it just compounds on on each other. Um, 
And when you're playing a team like Ohio State, sometimes a bad day just turns into an even worse day. But with that said, we know what this defense can do. We've seen it over the course of the season. You know, they only they held Syracuse to seven points on the road. That was highly impressive. We just talked about what they did to Michigan. You know, 20-13, to 13, very winnable game at the end there. Um, I'm not really a big fan of moral victories, but, you know, if you're, if you're a fan of those, I, I, think, I guess you could say that was a moral victory. But we know what this defense can do, and we're going to have to lean on our defense heavy against Michigan State. I like what you said, Dennis, about, you know, let's get a break um, with these ranked teams. This is the third straight ranked team we're playing in as many Big Ten games. So, you know, not, not all that not all that fun there. But And we still have Penn State left on the schedule. Exactly. Mm. But unless unless Northwestern Illinois wants to, you know, win, a, win next week or something and get ranked, we're going to have a bit of a break from the ranked teams coming soon, which is good. Um, but, yeah, the defense is going to have to carry us big time. It's going to have to probably be a low-scoring game. Um, I love Noah Vegel, but unfortunately I don't see him putting big points up on the board against a Big Ten team. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be, it's gonna be a fun game. I'm I'm expecting a close one. Well, that's fine. I mean, if Noah Vigil doesn't, I don't think anyone's expecting Noah Vigil to put up 35 points against even Michigan State at home. I, and I'm fine with that. I, I you know I think that's totally fine. I think that should be something that Rutgers is preparing for. I mean, I think a Rutgers victory. Let's say we did beat Michigan, right? That, you know that would have been a you know 21 to 20 victory or something like that. Um, I think that's the type of play that Greg Schiano the Big Ten and Rutgers will soon get used to playing. That's that's how Shiano coached before um, when he was here at Rutgers. The defense was the stronger unit. And that's, you know, Big Ten games tend to be a little bit lower scoring than other conferences. So I'm fine with Noah Vegel not putting up a huge – I mean, as long as he gets the ball downfield, you know, and lets the defense get their rest because they're going to be pretty busy on Saturday. I'm fine with it not being a high-scoring game. I think that's that plays to Rutgers' forte. I mean, we, we know Temple was a little bit more of a – it was a one-sided shootout, but I think that's fine. If Noah Vedro doesn't put up all those points, that's totally fine. Um, I just think as long as he has options at receiver, I mean, we know I haven't heard much about Bo Melton, who got injured on uh, in the first half against Ohio State. We'll see what happens with that. Also, Raekwon O'Neal, offensive lineman, um, got injured too. So the offense might be lacking a couple of one of their you know biggest anchors on the O line, as well as one of their you know a weapon. Bo Melton could play all over on the field. So losing Bo Melton would be a huge, huge, huge dis- disadvantage. Yeah. Um, Chiano's really secretive when it comes to injuries. He had a quick note of it on Monday. They said they're getting treatment and, you know, they're not ruled out for Saturday. But, um, yeah, Chiano's really secretive. We probably know, won't know much until game time. And, you know, that's unfortunately is what it is. Nah, I mean, as, if Michigan State's going to prepare, you know, may as well have them think that. Bo Melton and Raekwon O'Neal will be there, and then we'll throw something else at them. But well, yeah. Well, real quick, you know, for you know, me and Gideon were on on Monday, as I said, with Christian and Dennis. We were talking about this on Monday. Have you guys heard about Chopgate? Chopgate. Because Michigan State stole the chop thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, I did hear. What are you guys' takes on that? I mean, Shiano did originate it, so I mean, I don't think that. I, I don't think Michigan State was doing anything untoward by taking it and using it, but uh, it's definitely a Rutgers thing first. Oh, yeah, for sure it was a Rutgers thing first. Think of your own thing. It's that's, that's also true. They could have just thought of their own thing. Anything else? I, I just don't see the point. I just I said it on Monday. I don't see the point of why you take our, you take our um, 
you take our like catchphrase basically um you know it's kind of our thing we're big 10 rivals and you know you just straight up just took it i don't, I don't really see the reason why but hopefully we could use it as motivation as well as it being homecoming on saturday you know hopefully the student section pops out like they have been doing you know i don't know how many games you guys have been to so far this season but the student section has represented they yeah, have yeah. definitely student represented. Section's been loud yeah definitely and i think that's huge i mean i think especially for a homecoming game too you could kind of expect the rest of the stadium to get filled up a little bit people will fly in from all over for this weekend of festivities and you know hopefully other parts of the stadium get filled up but i mean it was a great crowd uh saturday against ohio state i feel like every every time Rutgers plays no matter how filled the stadium is the section directly bu- directly opposite the student section behind the other field goal is always empty and saturday yeah, it relatively. was filled was it it was completely filled it looked like it was awesome the only oh, wow. a lot of the empty seats were like only on like that upper level yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know on the side that the, that the benches are but like that was completely filled which was awesome to wow, see. that's surprising because the pe- first couple games there was like nothing over there it was just a sea of red on our side yeah exactly and i think you know it's not like the greatest seats in a football stadium yeah. especially you know during day games at, at shy stadium you're never really going to get a sunburn. You're, yeah, you're not going to see anything. Yeah. You're, you're going to be blinded the whole time. Exactly. And like, and even if you do have a sight to see, it's all, it's all the way to the other end of the field. So I get it. But, I mean, definitely a nice crowd on Saturday. Hopefully it happens again Yeah, hopefully people Saturday. aren't discouraged after the loss of last game, knowing Michigan State's a very tough opponent. Hopefully that doesn't discourage anyone from going. But I'll be there. I know for sure. Well, a big thing that you guys are also forgetting is the weather. Oh, is it supposed to be yeah. bad? Oh, yeah. What's the I, weather? Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to see gonna what the now. weather is going to be. I hope it's nice. Um, yeah, but that's huge because Saturday oh, was... Oh, Saturday is a 40% chance of rain. Yeah, well, Saturday, last Saturday was an awesome day. It was af- yeah, it was nice. It was, it was Real tremendous. Nice. So, you know, if you guys were at the game, it was like, you know, 78 degrees, sunny, wasn't too hot, and, you know, it was a perfect atmosphere to have a game. Unfortunately... The game wasn't that good, but um, but you know it's it a great atmosphere to have a game. Yeah, it looked really nice. I mean, looking at the weather now, it looks like it's a noon kickoff. It looks like it shouldn't be. It'll be you know almost sixty-five degrees, but it looks like the rain might. Oh no, the rain stuff might pick up later in the game. The humidity of seventy-four percent too, on Saturday. Ooh, that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's brutal. Yeah, that is brutal. That's brutal. We're the ones that are not even going to be running around. We're going to be the ones that are sitting there. So definitely going to be a tough atmosphere. But again, like this is homecoming. This is what like a lot of alumni are going to come out to this. Whether they're, you're yeah. recently graduated and you know you still live in the area, or if, you know it's been a couple decades and you fly back in. I mean, it should be it should be fun. I'm excited. I think. But like we were saying before, like when is Rutgers going to get what they've been waiting for? And that's a Big Ten win in front of their home crowd and i think fans need that reward they keep showing up um they show up to all these games they pack the stadium against ohio state when mm-hmm. i know we were all hoping for an upset but on paper like that was not going to happen but you know when it would have been nice happen? for it to be close <laughs> an yeah. interesting game i kind of just after that pick six in the first half i was just like i i, I just kind of blanked out my mind fuzzed out and i just <laughs> barely watched the rest of the it, game it honestly honestly dennis it was after that first touchdown when we missed the fake punt and they went in for a touchdown, if we got points on that, preferably a touchdown, if we went down and we scored a touchdown and established, you know, the tone of the game 
you know, it could have the game could have gone a little bit more differently. Maybe we could have held out for a bit more. Seems like Ohio State was on their game, man, all Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. But looked like maybe we could have, you know, held out a little bit more and made it more interesting. Maybe get the student section going a little more. But you know, that first touchdown when we went down seven nothing in my in my mind against a team like Ohio State, that was kind of that was kind of the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was like something like twenty four nothing by the end. Um, of that first quarter. So, yeah, I mean, I think things got out of hand very quickly. And even against, you know, the Michigan game, Michigan got out to an early lead, but it wasn't in the same proportion that it was on Saturday. And I think that's going to be key um, this upcoming Saturday against Michigan State. That, you know, even if Rutgers doesn't score first, maybe then it's got to stop on your first defensive, you know, drive. But what do you guys think? If you had to pick, before we send it to break, if you guys had one key to success uh, for Rutgers on Saturday, what would it be? Uh, man, you really put us on the spot here. I'd uh, say defense for me. Defense for sure. That'll that'll help your offense. Obviously, defense makes offense, in my opinion, and that'll just help out the offense. You know, give them some leeway. Obviously, stop the other team from scoring. And the defense has looked good in other games. They looked good against Michigan, and we're going to need that again. Yeah, absolutely. I said it just before. Defense is going to be the reason that we win this game. It's not. You know, it would be awesome to see Noah Vedral, you know, throw 400 yards and four touchdowns. But, you know, I think realistically it's going to be the defense that's going to rule the day and ultimately going to win us the game if we want, you know, to win the game. I'll say this real quick, though. If we win this game, it sets up the rest of the schedule perfectly for us to possibly make a bowl. Um, You know, I saw something uh, just before about – how important this week is and like it's the most important week of the shiano 2.0 era and i was kind of like well really you know it's kind of that it's kind of a big statement but it does make sense because if we win this game let's say we win this game we go to four and two on the year two wins away from the bowl with six games remaining you know that puts you in a completely different situation than being three and three you know, having to get three more games with, you know, a majority of your games on the road. We got four road games left, and we got two home games left. So, you know, this this week is huge in that regard. It could set us up for future success. Yeah, definitely good and interesting. And, you know, coverage for all of that, all those games could be found here on 88.7 FM and WRSU.org. We start coverage an hour early for Rutgers Countdown, an hour before kickoff. But that is going to take us to the end of the first hour here on the Wednesday Crew. Don't